Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Pounds, pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her in buyer. 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 Because here's this thing I have to tell you. You asked me on Wednesday what we were going to do. Oh, my name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. Joy asked me. <laughs> I just had my anniversary. And she was like, what are you going to do on your anniversary? And we did nothing on our anniversary but my husband and I oh yeah he took the day off the next day and um so yesterday we went out and um I totally forgot this happened but a couple months ago I was looking for a book on my shelves and as you know my shelves are color coded Mm -hmm. so I know I know what color all of my books are and so there was this book that I never finished reading uh from like a decade ago and I was like you know this is the time in my life where I'm gonna finish reading this book it was good it pulled me in of course that was my assessment 10 years ago so who knows what I would think today right right. we're gonna be honest about that because have you revisited any movies that you loved 10 years ago and just been like (laughs) oh Um, yeah sorry it's like Mm. that's very similar to seeing some of your really old facebook posts and you're just like oh okay all right who wrote that yeah who wrote that um (laughs) so i was looking for this book i couldn't find it i couldn't find it and i thought it was so weird because i know exactly what it looks like so anyway yesterday we were on our date and one thing that I wanted to do was go to the used bookstore and get a bunch of puzzles because all of a sudden Janny is like super into puzzles. Ooh. Like she just wants to be puzzling, you know? So cool. I was like, let's go to the used bookstore because they have a million puzzles there and they're not, I mean, instead of being $15 each, they're $8 each. Right. Right. So I can get twice as many puzzles. So, of course, after we picked out the puzzles, I'm perusing this used bookstore that's in my old neighborhood. And what did I find? The book that I was looking for. I donated it. It was like the exact one? The exact one. Like my copy. Like I'm flipping through it. This is my copy. And it's the only copy in the store. And it's literally down the road from my old house. And I remember. Right. And then all of a sudden, the memory came back to me of me looking at the book and going, I'm never going to finish this and dropping it in my donate pile. <laughs> so I'm holding this book. I'm laughing. I can like see the little the coffee that I had spilled on the page. <laughs> like it's my book. So I'm laughing about it and my husband walks up to me and he's like, what? And I was like, I was looking for this book and he's like, oh, we'll get it. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is, this was my book. (laughs) And he's like, well, how much does it cost? And I was like, $8. And he was like, buy your book. Buy your book back. (laughs) So 
I buy the book and last night I start reading it. I don't remember anything about this book and it is so unhinged and weird. <laughs> it's so unhinged and weird. I'm going to You're like this this sounds like me 10 years ago. Yeah. It's this definitely... is right. This is just about right. <laughs> Also, why didn't I finish it? I don't know. I'll let you guys know. I'll let you guys know next week what happens with the book. Um, but I bought my own book from a used bookstore. And this whole story is so me in every way. <laughs> I just That's have to share great. with you. <laughs> it's, I don't know, you kind of like wonder. There's sort of like a Pixar movie in there somewhere. Like he, that book lived with you. It was yes. kind of discarded and then yes. donated and then it all like came back around and, and no one now bought it. lives in your house again. No one bought it. Yeah. It's been sitting in the store right. for years at this mm-hmm. point, probably over two years and it's just been sitting there. And so it was just, yep, that's me. I donate books and I buy <laughs> back. Buy I'm sure, back. you know, I'm sure I made a whole three pennies off that book when I initially donated it. <laughs> Um, so I'm really glad I could buy this book twice that I might not even ever finish, but here we are. Yeah. I was going to say, did you use your, your book credit from 50 books to buy the the $8 book? I already spent the $7 I get, I got from the hundred books I donated. (laughs) Fine. It's fine. You guys did find some awesome puzzles too. Like I just went downstairs and one of them was just in the middle of the floor all put together already so there is um uh my parents do puzzle or they went through a phase where they did puzzles and um does everybody has have a puzzle face i think maybe i have not hit mine yet but you will you will some people yeah like i already know people my age yeah or younger who so i think it just probably just depends but you sort of all hit one so get ready guys you can tell us if you've already hit your puzzle phase yeah but um (laughs) but i discovered these puzzles when my parents were doing puzzles that are like um they're like a who done it like a mystery puzzle what? So you put the you put the puzzle together and then there's like a series of clues in the puzzle that you have to like try to figure out. So That's depending so on fun. how large of puzzles she's doing. Yeah. But or it could be like a family thing. I don't know. But I'm just saying they seemed pretty cool. Yeah. As so. you can imagine, um I despise putting puzzles together yeah i could really see that you're really gonna have a hard time with your puzzle era or maybe you had it when you were four i did (laughs) you know the ones that have the like little thing you can hold on to yeah like Mm -hmm. it says horse and you put the horse out in it that was my puzzle phase and that's about (laughs) the level of puzzling that i have the patience for so gotcha gotcha (laughs) we're completely done with that (laughs) that's okay well you can call us up and let us know about your puzzle phase um, at 470-465-0475. Um, I did get That's an email. It. That's it. That was it. Thank you. <laughs> I did get an email. We can settle real quick. Um, someone was curious um, on our position on the unimpressed spouse to continue our conversation on this. Um, and I partly am continuing our conversation on this because 
someone said that it's really dumb. So it, it inspires me to keep going. Um, but the question was, do you think that the, the unimpressed spouse has a hard time complimenting or praising the impressed spouse? And I just want to say for the record on this question that my husband is the unimpressed spouse and he is, he is constantly complimenting me. Um, he is very impressed by absolutely just nothing and everything all at once. Like he thinks Mm -hmm. I'm so cool. He thinks I'm so cool. Um, so although he is chronically unimpressed and like he has a rating system, if you ask him, his rating system doesn't make any sense. He has a category of neutrality that does not exist for me. Like it does not exist. He has a category of of not liking or disliking something that after six years of marriage, I still can't quite understand. Like he'll say, <laughs> he'll say, I see, I can't even explain it because it doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. I've never felt neutrally about anything in my whole life. So I don't hmm. understand his neutral category, but all that to say, he feels very positively about me. And so although he is unimpressed, he does not struggle with the compliments. Um, yeah, so. I think, um, yeah, maybe we can clear something up. It's not, I don't think it's about, I think you have a, the way that you just put it is like, there's like a threshold. The impressed spouse has like a low threshold. Mm-hmm. So anything that the person does past that threshold is what's impressive yes and so like for me like my husband the other day he was joking with me and he was like he was like i seriously have to like to get you to make like goo goo eyes at me i have to buy you a washer and dryer and take you on vacation (laughs) (laughs) like yeah (laughs) Uh and and then like talk to you for 30 minutes every morning (laughs) and and so it's like this like it just like builds and builds and builds and builds Uh um but then some the so that's the unimpressed spouse has this high threshold and maybe even it's Mm -hmm. like sort of a like a rollover threshold that like it's not even like a daily quota it's like in a (laughs) month if you can get me to this one spot then You're full of being impressed. <laughs> yes. So it's not that I'm not impressed at all by my right. husband. It's right. that there is sort of this like. Yes. Oh, yeah. System that For you. Sure. I don't yeah. like. Yeah. And I also don't understand at all. Like when my husband will will compliment me on things. I'm like. That's such a it weird. It was that. It was that. <laughs> yeah. Like that was the thing that was impressive to you. My like, husband does that. My husband will be like, why was that it? <laughs> why was that it? Why was that the thing that really, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, that wasn't even hard to me. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't, whatever. It doesn't matter. I take it as it comes. But the question of, so we are not, I think the impressed and unimpressed spouse is not about who is more complimentary. I don't think that's the case. Right. Yeah. That's not. And yeah. And certainly not about like who loves their spouse versus who doesn't. doesn't. 
like no. who doesn't feel feelings of like like right. oh I like that you're my right person yes um it's just I like I understand how it comes across because honestly if someone presented the two options to me mm-hmm. I would say it is better to be the impressed spouse Okay. And I'm the unimpressed spouse. So it's like, it's not something you get to choose. <laughs> no, but I do, I do clearly think like morally in terms of just like being like how you should be. I do think the impressed spouse is the better option version to be. <laughs> but I just, unfortunately only, there can only be one. No, like it's There can true. only be one. <laughs> It works best if there's only one. If you're both right. unimpressed, that's going to be problematic. And if you're both yeah. overly impressed all the time, that might be obnoxious. Yeah, you could. I think you'd you'd get by a little better if both were than if neither were. <laughs> but yes, if you have to pick an option. I mean, maybe there's something to neither because if they're both unimpressed, neither is really going to be requiring much. That's of, true. Because while I'm, well, my threshold for being impressed is very high. I'm also not, I do not expect, I don't need like lots yeah. of, I don't necessarily need the amount of impressive that, that my partner, that my partner, I'm not really a big fan of that word. I don't know why I said that. But my husband, um, we can so keep yeah, the word, I don't it's like, okay. you know, yeah, but anyway, I really legitimately just think there's always a pair of impressed and unimpressed. I think it just, mm-hmm. it just goes that way. Yep. I don't know. I completely agree. And in friendships too. But anyway, okay. Just wanted to clear that up. I thought that was a yeah, quick one. No, true. It was a quick, quick one to clear up. Um, let's see. We have people. So it is not too late to join book club. We are going to be this week, this Wednesday, talking about the mm-hmm. first three chapters of Paralandra. So you have plenty of time if you want to join. And I have a lot of people asking me how it works. So um, I do. I have explained all of that. Um, I pretty much have posted it everywhere on social media or social media that I can think of. So Facebook, our Instagram is have you had your soup today? Whenever I mention that on the podcast, I get people, new people going, I had no idea. So it's have you had our your soup today? One word. Um, and how does it work? We go live on Zoom on Wednesdays and the mm-hmm. link is on patreon.com slash theologians. And if you can't make it live, I record it and post it later. And we talk about the reading and there's a lively chat going on um i think we had 65 women join us live on wednesday i think that was the number Mm -hmm. um and um it's a good time so you can do that at patreon.com slash theologians and um let's see any other questions we need to go over who knows my brain doesn't work um all right joy i'm ready for whatever you're about to say (laughs) i'm just ready um what did we title this episode whatever you you want whatever you want (laughs) well so the topic the topic was uh don't be dumb my alternate my alternate title was uh what is a dumb girl like you doing in a place like this (laughs) 
Oh man, I really like that one. I really like that one. Um, but yeah, okay. So we're talking about being dumb. Um, where to begin? So I guess if you have listened to this podcast for any length of time, um, you may know how I so appreciate um the proper word for things Mm -hmm. um and um so the proper word for things or the truth is what allows us to take a real inventory Mm. of what's going on of -hmm. our sin Mm -hmm. um and so uh one of my one of my more notable words is for just for example is conceit i like that word specifically there are words that i like specifically because nobody wants to be them right nobody wants to be conceited but the truth is sometimes you are being that and dumb is the same type of thing nobody wants to be dumb we actually have focused so much as a people on not making people feel dumb that we have like we've basically abandoned the idea that anything can be dumb even though we clearly know that it is uh from scripture even so um obviously there are some things that you may think are dumb that are highly subjective we're not talking about um subjective types of dumb but so I guess the point is just that calling things what they aren't or calling them a more pleasurable version of what they are uh, just is only going to allow those things to settle in uh, deeply and just become a part of you instead of the eyesore that they should be to the point where you're like looking in a mirror and it would be like having a big like tick attached to the end of your nose and just being like, oh, that's my normal face. Um, so what it is, is I think the word dumb is a good word to use when you assess yourself. It can be a good word to assess other people, though I'm certainly not advocating that you just go around calling a bunch of other people dumb all the time. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, but uh, I do think that it would be beneficial for us to call ourselves dumb a little more often, or at least question if we're being that. Um, And then even just, you know, you need to be, you need to be a little uh, winsome as they like to say, but I also think there, uh, there wouldn't be a huge problem with calling out people righteously for being dumb more often probably yeah um and i think sometimes we sort of dance around the word because mm-hmm. it's so poorly perceived yeah but if someone is being biblically dumb then mm-hmm. that's what they're being um and yeah. uh and so i don't think it's in our again when you live in a false reality world where people have completely people have basically made it to where nothing is dumb except for what I perceive to be dumb. And generally what that means is the Bible and 
the God of the Bible. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, like, I, I think we just, we don't need to be so afraid because we're already being called dumb. Uh, so there doesn't need to be quite so much of a um, fear about what that word will elicit. But, and like I said, so what that fear will elicit in other people, but even yourself, I think mm-hmm. it's really easy to just be like, oh, I'm not being dumb. I'm not. Um, so yeah, other than, so that's kind of my thought behind it. That is a word that I like to use when I talk to myself and say, are you being dumb right now? So I guess, uh, you know, I have some, I, I have some, I the only other notes I really have are like, what do we know about like what's being dumb? And then like, why does it matter? But before I jump into that, so what I'm do glad, you think? Yeah, I'm glad you, <laughs> I think what it, uh, where I was going to go with it was you already touched on. And then I had a really great example that got dropped in my lap this morning, which is that, so Janny is about to turn eight. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my favorite things, because I totally believe that she is a Christian and has a new heart and she is thinking about God all the time. And so at like 630 this morning, she like came in super groggy and I was up and hanging out with Ransom and she goes, you know how dad means father? And I was like, yes. She goes, so like, can we refer she didn't say refer call. She said, can we call God, the father dad? And so like, okay, this is six 30 in the morning <laughs> and she's having these thoughts, which I think is just fun. Um, but it, it kickstarted a conversation of why we should strive to speak and use the words that God uses and the speak the way that he speaks and call things the things that he calls them. So although in her like understanding of like dad just means father. So like, why can't I call, why can't I refer to God as dad? My encouragement to her was you should refer to God the way you should call God what he calls himself. We should Mm. model our language after him And so since he does not call himself dad, like, let's use the term. And I understand also, you know, we're speaking English. I listen, this is not. Okay. I know there are people that pray to quote unquote, daddy God. And I do think that there's problems with that. And I do think it's rather gross and irreverent, but I would make the case. I would make the argument that, you know, we should, we should call God we should speak the way that the father speaks. So that, that is it for me. Like there's no further discussion to have as far as I'm concerned. Um, dad is a nickname. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't need the, anyway. Okay. So I was thinking about like one way that Christians can make things that we can be dumb about things is kind of that that refusal to take an inventory and call things like they are to, we mm. overcomplicate things. And it is often to, 
to avoid the discomfort <clears throat> of having to take a real inventory and go, wow, I'm conceited. Mm-hmm. Like we, we create this whole other thing. And this is, this runs like the gamut of sins. Um, I think we also have, we've talked about this a lot, but like the sin of being a drunkard, you know, we want to complicate it. We want to, yeah. we want to make it this medical diagnosis, this thing that can't be helped. And then we call it something else to blunt the impact of what is actually happening. Um, and so how we refer to things, whether or not we can actually name a sin is important and you're not actually being that's the thing too is that i think people feel like they're being wise and they're being so knowledgeable and they're being so smart but it's actually just dumb it's actually just stupid yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah it's like playing dumb yeah. like we wouldn't call it that but it's like instead of just looking at the most straight forward assessment of what's going on Mm-hmm. You have to create this whole thing where you're you're not responsible or you're not as responsible mm-hmm. or it's actually not this, it's this. Um, and yeah, and that's what playing dumb is. Usually playing dumb, being dumb is different from playing dumb. So they're making a distinction. Playing dumb does not mean you're actually a person with no knowledge. It means you are a person with knowledge pretending not to have it. Yes. And really what I was, when you initially brought this topic up, what I thought about was the book I've been trying to get everybody to read for the last year, which is in Rosaria's book that just came out, Mm. um, Five Lies of Our Anti-Christian Age. She makes the case that transgenderism is the sin of envy. And I find Mm. that very helpful because what we tend to want to do is to be really dumb on these kinds of things. The definition of dumb to me is to pretend that it's not a sin, that something that is obviously a sin is not a sin. And then to make a ton of excuses for it. Like that is what the fool does. Mm -hmm. That is what, and that's what, what your flesh wants to do. And what I really love is that ultimately not being dumb is being able to look a sin in the eye and call it by its name. Like if that's, that's what you have to do. Like Mm -hmm. if you're a Christian who genuinely is dealing with the sin of envy to the point where you want to be the gender that you're not until you can recognize the sin of envy in that you're not going to be able to repent of it and to fight it. And right. Death. Yeah. Yeah. That's you're such gonna, a huge part of it. You're going to come up with all kinds of other things that are actually your problem and fight those instead. And so fighting, and this is again, something maybe I'm saying this too much or I don't know, but it's like fighting the battle where it's at is mm-hmm. so important. And yeah. So many people don't want to fight the battle where it's at because that's actually hard. <laughs> like that's right. actually hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think um, being able to call us in what it is, 
Um, it's it's being a drunkard or it's being a glutton or it's being a liar or it's being a thief or it's being envious or, you know, and that's, of course, getting into a deep discussion of, of sin is not what I'm trying to do because, of course, we acknowledge the physical effects of the fall um, are very real and mm-hmm. affect you. <clears throat> but you're never going to be able to legitimately battle a mental illness if you have one, if you're not willing to acknowledge the sin in it. Like, what yeah. is the desire? What is what is your desire for? And so many Christians, I think, when I think of, of Christians being dumb, I think of Christians making excuses for sin. They make excuses for... Yeah. Um, you know, abortive, what do they call them? Abortion, the abortion minded mother, right? Is one of the dumbest phrases I've ever heard. And it is exactly, it is being dumb. It is, it is lying about what is happening so that no one has to feel bad. Yeah. Um, And so, no, you have to call it what it is. You can't rescue somebody from something if you're pr- busy pretending that the thing you're rescuing them from doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. You will not be able to, um, you, be yeah, effective. you won't be able to repent and turn from things too. If you're, if you can't name your own sin, you won't be able to repent of it. And, and, uh, I mean, what you're talking about should be, that should be, we should consider that to be very humbling. The idea that we are like posturing as though we're fighting, but we're not actually fighting. Like, are you pretend fighting? Are you putting on a performance like over at the the gate where nothing's happening so that you can be like, look at, I'm doing all these things over here and I'm really holding them back. And the actual, uh, you know, the actual fight is happening somewhere else. And that, I mean, that's just hypocrisy like that. And that's delusion. That's like, you're going to need, you're going to need help. This is where it, again, I'm not advocating for just blanket statement, calling everybody dumb, but you may need to hear it. Like if you're in a, if you're in a delusion, (laughs) protecting your sin to the point where you're not living in reality, you may need a friend to tell you you're being dumb. Yeah. You might need it. Like, like, um, Carol, you're just, you have your pretend night outfit on and you're over there in the corner, just like swashbuckling around, but there's nobody over there. Like you look like a fool. You're being dumb. Like, please stop. Um, so yeah, I just, I mean, the, the, that, that's just, ex- that's excellent. But, um, yeah, the main thing I was thinking about, uh, I was, I don't know, I guess just reading it. It's amazing how often it comes up in scripture. I oh. think, I, I think that's why I, well, you know, like the fool. Well, we have, first of all, we have this whole classification of wisdom literature, which means the opposite it. of dumbness. Um, and then, um, you know, Greg Bonson has some really awesome stuff on, I, he, I mean, he has like commentaries of, the is whole... this Joy recommending Bonson? Wait. What? No. It's been t- it was too long. So it's I been had to... way too long. <laughs> yeah. But he has great he has a great lecture series just on the wisdom on pro- literature. Okay. Yeah. But he does have a full one on Proverbs. Proverbs. It takes yeah. you through the whole thing. But even just the one where he talks in general about wisdom literature is excellent. And he talks about, 
you know, uh, what the difference is, but like what the diff, what fool can mean in its different contexts and all these things. Um, but there's just really no way of getting around that the Bible uses the word stupid. The Bible uses the word foolish and uses those words interchangeably. Um, and when you actually read the instances where people are referred to as fool or stupid, it, it's very clear that it's referring to everyone <laughs> at some point in, you know, and, and so I think this is, this maybe sort of reveals why we have pushed so hard to create a world where nobody has to feel dumb. And it's because everyone needs to a little bit or maybe yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, or it really is. And, and, you know, the thing is, it's really not about how you feel about it. The designation of dumb is something that you either are or you're not. Yeah. And the Bible says that if you're dumb, you hate reproof uh, and you cannot understand the word of God and you worship idols and you cannot do good and you proclaim folly. And the big one that I was that 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 hit me is that the fool, the dumb person thinks he will not perish. So he either thinks I'm immortal, my soul, like my body is immortal and nothing bad will ever happen to me. Um, or he thinks he will never have to face God or he thinks that he will, which means he, he thinks he will never be accountable for his sin. Um, which means he is, he's his own God. He's his own judge. And yeah. he doesn't think he will come face to face with anyone because there is no one higher than him. And, and so all those things I say, I say all those things and everyone's like, Oh, I don't do those things. Really? You don't, you don't hate reproof. Oh, that's a fancy word for it. But hate reproof means I don't like people telling me I do things wrong. Right. I don't like people telling me, telling me what I need to do. I don't need, I don't like hearing sound advice or wisdom. I like to vent my spirit and I don't want to hear anything in return that could be constructive. Why you just put it. Oh, what's wrong with, (laughs) what's wrong with venting? You know, I mean, isn't that, we've been told if we don't vent, we will perish. Like, if you hold back all of your anger, you will bottle up and die. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. And that's literally the opposite of what the Bible says about venting mm-hmm. and what to do. And this is all Proverbs for the people looking for the references. Just uh, Proverbs 1 through 31 um, is all about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, the venting the venting shouldn't I if I'm upset shouldn't I like wouldn't I be fixed if I just laid it all out there and it's like wow wow people really believe people really believe that that is wisdom and that is literally the opposite like Mm -hmm. you should not speak unless what you can say meets a certain standard of coolness and wisdom like that's just all there is to it yeah um but yeah i i mean yeah i think that we all 
basically what I was really thinking of to just put it simply is just that we are all being dumb sometimes, but we almost never think of ourselves as being dumb. No. And dumb is it like, I don't want to be dumb for some reason. That word is particularly stingy to me. And, and so I think that the stingy words are the most effective in they're honest. The reason that they sting is because you don't want to hear them. Um, and there you go. Hates reproof. Do you hate hearing things you don't want to hear? <laughs> you're right. being like, you're, you're not only playing dumb by, by rerouting and, and creating this smoke screen to where you're not doing that thing, but you're actually actively like you're actively being dumb when you play dumb. Obviously that's obvious, but I'm just saying like, it's layered, I guess we're so dumb sometimes that we yeah. like to layer. We like to make a dumb sandwich. Yeah. And <laughs> put some dumb in between our two slices of dumb. I think, on, yeah, on this topic, just keep it simple. Like, yeah, keep, keep it simple. You don't actually have, you don't have to do the moralistic, therapeutic, worldly wisdom thing of figuring out how to diagnose and assess your special beautiful butterfly of a personality like keep yeah. it keep it simple what are you doing what is it and if it is x sin let's say it's the sin of envy we actually know how to overcome that like don't believe that the bible is going to tell you what sin is and not how to defeat it because it's actually there like there's you are not ultimately I believe sometimes the root of it is we don't believe that there is power to break the chains of our sin like we don't believe that and so mm. we need it to be something else um, yeah so ask yourself why that is yeah I I think too we um one of the, in my notes, I put like, basically like, why does this matter? Like, why does it matter to not be dumb? And, um, uh, the, so I put dumb is destructive. And I think that just tacking onto what you said is I think sometimes we don't realize we, in our secular therapeutic model of a world, we forget or don't realize that sin is destructive. Mm. We think like, we think, oh, my feelings on this are so intense. They couldn't possibly just be bitterness, just bitterness. And it's like, what do you mean just bitterness? <laughs> like, yeah. what do you mean just envy? What do you mean it's like, oh, I think I have a special case, a special like ultra destructive version of sin, which is kind of like, you know, my sin, but also mostly some sort of hormonal imbalance because it's so extreme that it can't possibly all just be coming from me. And it's like, I think maybe you've forgotten just because it's labeled as bitter. Again, the importance of these stingy words is like for you to fully understand the destructive level of sin we like I, we have forgotten it we have removed sin mm. being mm. the cause of so many things and we have created the secular humanist materialist version which mm. is what impulses uh mm. 
chemical mm-hmm. reactions. And so we, we legitimately believe at times that the reason our sin is so severe is mm-hmm. not because sin is so destructive. We just believe that, yeah, sin is destructive, but also something else clearly destructive is going on here. And it's like, or you have just let this sin go for so long that it's eating you and everyone you love alive. Um, <laughs> the, the main thing I think of is in Proverbs when, um, oh man, I should have just had the exact verse pulled up or something. But when, when it's compa- like when encountering a fool is this is equated to encountering a she bear looking for her cubs yeah and yet we think yeah and we think like oh you know sin like will have some negative effects but it won't you know the only the reason this is eating me alive is because something else is going on and it's like no it's because being a fool will eat you alive that is that's it's in the bible like don't forget that it is sin has the power to really, really destroy things. We, it's just as simple as that, but we don't, we just don't, we don't think that way. Um, and the other thing that I was going to say is just that, um, that like my second reason, why does that matter is that Christians aren't meant to be dumb. Mm. So stop. Um, we were just reading not too long ago, we read, um, in, uh, oh, I think it's in second Peter. We read second Peter. If those of you who are doing the Bible reading challenge, um, read second Peter and, um, I believe it's second Peter one. Oh yeah. So you supplement your faith with virtue and virtue. Mm-hmm with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. So there we go. Knowledge is right in there. Self-control. Um, we, we're meant to, um, I mean, you can also, we're meant to be sober minded. We're meant to love God's word, love his law, Uh, it's, it's, it's not just that, like, don't be dumb. It's like, we're, we're meant to be wise. That's the counterpart in the Bible to foolishness, to stupidity. And so we really are meant, um, to not be that way. And then the last, the last thing I said is just that, like, you're, what you're supposed to be doing here, uh, on this earth is basically a mission field full of dumb people and if they don't know that they're dumb if they don't know that they're lost if they don't know that they're dead because you think that's going to hurt their feelings to say it or if you convince yourself that somehow they're not dead and they're not dumb that that they're wise and they're not a fool but they're okay and um then you're not you're uh, not going to be doing what you're supposed to do you're not going to answer questions you're not going to object to situations you're you're going to act dumb to uh for a variety of reasons but uh you are gonna have to be you got to know what dumb is because you're gonna be dumb sometimes and you're not supposed to be and you're gonna meet a lot of dumb people um that need to hear the gospel and a part of that is going to be the inability to see wisdom right so 
I think so my challenge this week would be, you know, ultimately we need to be willing to look at our lives and assess and go, okay, this fits in with the biblical worldview. This doesn't. And to be willing to keep what is biblical and to get rid of what is not. And that might sound super simple, but I really do think that is how simple it is. So just like, are you, are you even willing to look in the mirror and go, is this thing that I'm doing? Is this assumption that I'm making? Is this operating principle I'm living on? Is it foolish? Is it dumb? Can you name it? Can you give it to God? Um, and then just be really willing to have like a paring knife, like ready to go and to just like get rid of it. And I think, um, a lot of times there are so many people who like genuinely love Jesus and they love the Lord and they want to honor him. And there's this big glaring thing that they like really need to look at and go, oh, like I love the Lord and I'm on fire and I want to do his will. And I am not willing to talk to anyone in my pew. That that should glare at you. Mm-hmm. That should that should glare at you. Or like, I love Jesus and I'm on fire for the Lord and I I want to live for Him, and I will not do this thing my husband's asking me to do. Like, wait, hold on, hold like hold on, like really assess like where your heart is before the Lord because you are not going to be effective. If you're a married woman and you're like, I will not do this thing my husband's asking me to do, and it is perfectly a biblical, fine, sensical thing, and it's not sin, like, wait, just hold on. Or like, if you're a Christian and you're like, I love Jesus so much, he's so important to me, and I don't care what anyone in the church has to say, wait, like, hold on. Like what, what is that? What is that telling you? What what that Mm -hmm. should tell you something and it should be something that you're willing to look at and assess. And there's, there's so many other things that might glare at you, but I do find a real common theme in the emails that we get is like, I love the Lord, but I'm not willing to submit to my church. I'm not willing to submit to my husband. I'm not willing to submit to this portion of scripture. And here's all the reasons why I know better than the church. Here's all the reasons why I know better than my husband. Here's all these reasons why I know better than this portion of scripture. And it's like, no, like we take a step back, like, and really assess your worldview here, because ultimately in that kind of thinking, what you're saying is I know better than everyone else and ultimately i think that is the fool um who can't even see that that really glaring thing in front of them and can't even name the actual sin that they're dealing with yeah Um, and if you ever are like i don't want the wisdom of other godly people because they're just wrong you are wrong yeah I already know. I don't even care what the topic is. If you are not willing to take something to your elders or other godly people in the church, I already know whatever your opinion is, it's wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry. Not yeah, sorry. we when we were talking about this at book club, but uh one of George's uh memorization verses is Proverbs one seven. And so whenever we do that verse, I'm always like, okay, now pretend to be a fool and then pretend to be a wise person. And for the fool, she like always scrunches up her face. And then for the wise person, she like has this like very gentle smiling face. But the fool, like basically there's a few variations of what she says for being the fool. But the big one is just like, I'm a fool. I don't want anyone to tell me what to do ever. I know everything. And it's like, hmm. uh, there you go. Four years old. <laughs> she could have done this episode. We didn't even need to be here. That's perfect. If Janie could have been here, like, hey, how do you guys think we should talk about the father? And then Georgia would have been like, listen. <laughs> Our job. Well, as far as, as far as I know, um, uh, Janie, one time she uttered this just like completely wise thing and I still tell people about it to this day when we were all like sitting at the table the dinner table and she still hadn't you know in Janny fashion still had not finished her food even though everyone had <laughs> and she just goes she goes when you don't want to eat your food you should just take a deep breath and eat it anyway <laughs> And it was just like, gold. This is gold. I was like, when you don't want to be obedient, when you don't want to be wise, when you want to be a fool, you should just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Do it anyway. Take a deep breath. Be wise. Listen to what other people, let people tell you what to do. Love reproof. (laughs) And do it anyway. Do it anyway. It's so, so funny. Simple. We quoted this. We actually said this the other. We say that too the other day. The Janie is. Oh right. <laughs> yes, she's still in the battle of being the last person who hasn't finished her dinner yet. And you know the thing is, is that her attitude about it is not terrible. <laughs> like it's just not. It's the hardest thing for her to do, and her attitude is like, okay, let's go. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I guess if we're going to end on something, let it be that just that we're not saying that you have to arrive on the scene as the smartest person. Actually, I think trying to look like the smartest person is what causes a lot of people to be dumb and hate reproof and all those things that can make you a fool. And so, yeah, I mean, you don't, it's not about, uh, it's not about looking smart. It's not about looking the wisest, Mm -mm. um, it's about actual wisdom. It's mm-hmm. about a love for God's wisdom, seeking his wisdom. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're going to get everything perfect. That doesn't mean all your sin is going to go away. It just means that you faithfully seek obedience. You faithfully seek wisdom. Um, and slowly you you supplement all those things with other things. Second Peter. <laughs> um, and And, you know, eventually things just... Uh, wisdom. I mean, that that's how sanctification works. You just increase and in it wisdom. Takes time, right? That's why wisdom yeah. is associated with gray hair. <laughs> there you go. You can choose to be wise today, but this is something that the Lord builds over time. Yeah, and just know that, like, if you've been living in your sin and protecting your sin, sin is super destructive, 
And so just because you feel like it's really hard to overcome your sin doesn't mean something extra is going on. Um, it doesn't mean you're a special case. It just means you have to keep doing what you're doing, keep repenting, keep yeah. submitting yourself. And yeah. that's that's really just, it's just, a, you know. That was that this my last thought, I promise. We're going on and on. But I had to have this conversation last night, which is that, hey, I know it's hard. That's why the Bible calls it a battle. Mm -hmm. So like, don't be surprised like that it's hard. Don't be surprised that it feels uncomfortable because like literally a battle where you're, you're like fighting for your life would be very difficult. Yeah. So don't be surprised or even necessary. Don't be discouraged um, that it's hard because it, it is going to be hard. We've been promised a way of escape and it's not impossible and it's not a losing battle. It, there's a way in which you should fight from a place of the battle's already been won. Like Jesus has defeated sin, Satan and death. So you, mm -hmm. you do have to battle like it's a real battle because it is, but you do get to battle already knowing the outcome. And so there should be some joy and some encouragement in that. Um, so fight the battle where it's at. Don't be surprised that it's hard. Um, and don't make the battle harder by refusing to actually engage in it because it's not going to get yeah. easier. Like not engaging doesn't, it might feel nice in the moment, but it's actually just going to make it harder. So you actually yeah. do have to like engage in the battle. Like you, yeah, that would yeah, be the, the, encouragement. the best, the best battle recreation is not the same <laughs> as the real battle. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. That's another <laughs> female. Okay, we're ending. We're ending. You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. Join us this week as we get into Paralandra at patreon.com slash sheologians in our book club. And we'll see you guys next week. See ya. Yeah. The sovereign lord, great I am, recognize the name. He's always on top of his game, a lion that simply cannot be tamed. And no, he is not restrained at all, nobody can stop his reign. So why do the nations rage and all of the peoples plot in vain? They're sending offenses against his excellence and they're not ashamed. As though he's lacking the power to shackle them now in the hottest flames. And so they cock and aim the target, his cosmic reign. That's like a kid with a super soaker trying to conquer space. Man thinks he's a pugilist, trying to ball up his puny fist. At the Lord who was ruling this, what's amusing is God just laughs like, who is this? Stupid kids who persist in foolishness. It's only by God's power you exist. Now you declare war on the Lord and before you were born he formed you in the universe.